whip around from town to town. Try not to die, but if we're found, at least we got people doing what we love. Hitch your wagon to this babe train and hear us seize the day. One open mic, lotto spot, comedy brawl at a time. Comedians in cars. We're comedians in cars. We're comedians in cars. Carpool in the comedy shows. Carpool in um, Hello and welcome to Carpool Diem. I'm a... Uh... I'm not driving badly for a change. Uh, in the uh, in the driver's seat is uh, a friend of the show, Dana Wallace. I'm driving badly tonight, thank you. <laughs> and um, in the back seat, uh, another comic who's new to the podcast, Dave Getachew. Hi, my name's Dave. That's all I got. That's all you <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Earlier I was saying there are so many Daves that you're going to have to all be referred to by your last names only. Unless we can come up with better descriptors. A few. I, I think I've got that down. Everyone's got a few for Dave. Like, their drunk McKinnis is my favorite. Oh, I heard Dave McScumbag on Sunday. That's a nice one. Yeah. I just like at his own show. Piece of shit, Dave. Like to yeah. me, that has a nice ring to it. it. It feels real. I called him that like in writing recently, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like he won't be surprised by this. Uh, no, Dave could care less. <laughs> Dirty Dave McInnes, if he was like a professional wrestler or something. Oh, oh, yeah, I like the alliteration. Always a fan of that. What about you, Dave? Do you have nicknames that you know of? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> that you know of? <laughs> well, that's always the thing, right? We we could have a we could have a podcast later about the nicknames we know him to have that he. Oh, we is came not up with of. in high school. We came up with stupid nicknames. Uh, my friends gave me Graceful Gazelle. Uh, which made no sense. Uh, they were all stupid animal names. I can't remember my friends' names at this point. But I, I changed it to Tequila Sunrise because I liked... I mean, there's a pro wrestler who did a move called the Tequila Sunrise, which was just like a, a backflip or something onto a guy. And I was like, no, that's my nickname. And they're like, no, no, you're Graceful Gazelle. And I was like, oh, can I be this thing I made up, which is also stupid? Yeah, I think that's the rule. You're not allowed to make up your own nickname, that's right? Traditional. I think and, that is a rule. And you have to hate it. That's the other oh, part yeah, I've always yeah, found. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I like your nickname. At my old job when I left, um, someone in my client group told me that their nickname for me was the Bad News Fairy. Oh. <laughs> Which was accurate. That was, that was accurate. Uh, I had a summer job once, and I, like, I'm pretty much a go-getter at, at most things, but this was, like, a pretty, a pretty physical job that I wasn't super happy to be a part of, and uh, I found out one day they had nicknamed me Dana Doolittle. <laughs> yeah. That's some pretty good alliteration. It's, it's great. Like I couldn't, I I had to hate it out of just spite, but I didn't yeah. want to because it it did have a nice ring. Yeah. Well, it's great alliteration. I know you love that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the three of us tonight are on our way to Hamilton to do a relatively new show, actually, uh, at the Lions Head Pub, and uh, Dan Brennan's the host there. Sure is. Yep. And Dana and I were saying that we've never been on it. Um, and I'm just hoping Dan doesn't die before we get there because he's super old. Uh, <laughs> is Dan my contemporary? Is that, is that what you're saying? He's much older than you. How old is he? Because I, I feel like he's one of those guys that, like, probably, I don't know, looks really good for his age. Like, oh. What, how, See, I feel like, like he, he might aged. be 80. I was going to say, I feel like he probably, I I feel bad because Dan's such a nice guy, but I feel like he aged shitty if I had to guess. (laughs) Because I know uh, there's a guy named Peter Van Dyke who's like an older guy who's also a comic. Yeah. And apparently he's older than Dan, but he looks really young. So it's like, oh, you found out Dan was the younger one. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. Huh. I'm just, that was mostly a dig at Dave who earlier in the day asked if a certain Shakespeare play bored me because I was there for the original staging of it. <laughs> okay. Which yeah. I thought was a pretty good one. <laughs> I feel old lately. Yeah, I wonder if, if just the lifestyle that comes with comedy in general ages ages us faster or that would be fair. If it's just because he's Irish and probably has has like no liver left, you I, know? From all the stories I get from Dan, because he was like a salesman most of his life, mm-hmm. I picture him kind of Wolf of Wall Streeting his life. And then, so that's why I assume he aged, because he partied that way for a very long time. 
and now it's just like past that point. Oh, now I'm gonna think of like death of a salesman. Now that I know that. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Going back to the uh, to the stage, as it were. If I wonder how many times one of us can say attention must be paid in one of our sets tonight. That's the weirdest challenge. Yeah, that is so awkward. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is that I I actually have a death of a salesman joke, and it never works. (laughs) It's because no one reads. But no, but most people, or I feel like a lot of people, no, no, are forced to read it. In of my course, school. yeah. Right, but were we forced to remember any of it? <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> I oh. feel like I could have read that two weeks ago, and I still wouldn't have remembered that reference that, that you was... just made. <laughs> you just have an attention to detail that I never will, unless we're talking about, I don't know, like reality television or something, something important, you know, make it meaningful. <laughs> I kind of miss reality television not having cable because like you don't download that really no I think no. that yeah I think that's a next a next level move <laughs> if you're if you're streaming I don't know Survivor season six million <laughs> yeah you're like I really just need to know if they find the idol like <laughs> you don't need first, to know that bad remember that first season and the guy who won, he was like always naked. All he's a nudist, and he was like naked all the time. Richard? Yeah. Why do I remember his name? Because it was the first season, and everyone watched the. That was like the first reality show, so everyone watched the crap out of it. Huh. And apparently, he lot like he didn't like most people who win a bunch of money. Didn't know that it got taxed, so he just ended up losing it all basically to the government, which is sad. Oh really? Does he just like is he just like a poor schmuck again? I guess so. He's naked and happy somewhere. But less happy, I guess, without the money. Well, that's the thing about the States, right? You kind of lose half of it off the top. Yeah. That's why athletes are always in tax trouble. Because they they never pay their tax. They just assume it's taken off, kind of like a, you know, like a DQ job or something. And then they're like, oh, apparently no one taxed the $5 million check I got. And now I'm responsible for that. That's interesting. You would think that there would be, like, a money manager just on that, you know? Like... Part of it is, like, they're... Like, a lot of these guys are, when they get there, are, like, in their early 20s. Like, so it's one of those things where it's, like, it's just, like, anyone who just got out of college, you're going to make a bunch of bad decisions. It's just now instead of making, I don't know, $12 an hour, you have $5 million to to make make a bunch of bad decisions, decisions, right? Yeah. I can't imagine the $5 million bad decisions I would have made oh. at 20. Oh, my God. Me either. Actually, I think I probably just would have been like, I'm going to save half of it. <laughs> da- da- Daddy, are you proud of me yet? <laughs> Here, just you take care of it. I'm just going to buy this 2003 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> That's all I need to make me happy. I don't know what I would like. I would probably, because like, especially back then, I would have gone as insane as possible. I would have been one of those sad athlete stories. Oh, he, yeah? He made $20 million over his, er, over his career. What happened now? Uh, well, he didn't save any of it. Bought a lot of fancy cars that got taken away. I would have been that person, too. Where I'm like, well, I've got a solid gold litter box for the cats. Yeah. And now that I've done that, um... I don't know. Another backup solid gold litter box for the cat. Well, they shouldn't have to share. I mean, come on. Come on. That makes sense. They're better than that. I would, they deserve more. My only hope that would, would be that rappers bought the ridiculous house that I made to shoot music videos in it. Like what happened to George Foreman? Who bought his house? Uh, Rick Ross. I did not know that. He bought it and he was under house arrest, so he just shoot music videos there. Poor George Foreman, like every time, and I own three George Foreman girls, but every time I see one of those infomercials, like my heart breaks a little bit. Wait, now that I think about this, I'm pretty sure it was Evander Holyfield's house. There it is. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, it's like 16,000 square feet or something. It's looking ridiculous. Holy shit. Yeah. I feel like I grew up in a town smaller than that house. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I just don't know. That's why it's funny. Like, apparently it costs like $10,000 a month to heat it and stuff. It's like, when you do some shit like that, just what are you thinking? I would have such a problem with that. Yeah. My 
my hydro bill is $95 a month and it keeps me up at night. I'm so bothered <laughs> by how wasteful I am. <laughs> it keeps me up because I can't sleep because I'm so cold, but <laughs> also, also worrying about the bill. <laughs> I used to have like an indoor toque, like a house toque. <laughs> <laughs> that electric heat <laughs> oh that's good it wasn't I mean I try to hide it from other people but eventually it's like you have to offer the visitors an indoor two golf right yeah it's that's cold. only fair that's only fair it's what every good host would do not turning on the heat so that everyone could <laughs> sit comfortably can you imagine? I just no. measured the heat. <laughs> now, uh, in a gas-heated house, it's I think it's 20 degrees in there. And I'm constantly, like, shedding layers and, like, fanning myself like a southern belle. Like, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying in there. Masha, I do declare. Uh, so do you, have, do you have, like, those old uh, radiators like that? that no. House? No, you just have like a... Forced air, I guess, is the term I want. Oh, yeah, yeah. So modern modern times furnace. Modern tech, yeah. Okay. Moving up in the world. Except you probably never... I I would never go down to your basement only because it looks like that's where people get murdered. It does look like that's where people get murdered. Super does. And it's especially creepy, too, because it's like... And I also find lawn gnome collections stored down there. Oh, gosh. So it's like people get murdered and all these creepy little faces look at them while it happens. The last thing they see. It's the last thing they see. How horrifying! That's very horrifying. Yeah, that's actually. terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. I wouldn't want any part of that. <laughs> but they're going to be really happy gnomes in the springtime when you get to spread them all over your your lawn. Exactly. They've been indoor gnomes their whole lives, so <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a transition for it'll them. Be, it'll be a real treat. <laughs> I know they come alive when I'm not looking. So. <laughs> I think you just start them out at like an hour a day, just so they acclimate. Just a just a thought. I think right. that's the humane thing to do for them. Because otherwise, they might get sunburned. Like they probably have to right. work like their way up. Yeah, there's all sorts of adjustments that need to be made. <laughs> Make friends with the skunk that I've seen a couple of times out there. Uh, it's gonna be fun. Okay, can I ask you guys? Because I have no no idea whatsoever. Uh, what is why do people get garden gnomes? Because that has never been a thing in my life. Maybe that's a black cultural thing, but I'm just like, why do yeah, people gnomes, love garden gnomes? For some gnomes reason? seem pretty white bread to I'm me. To me, oh, I sure. gotta admit. Yeah. So the way that you get I didn't to... want to just immediately come out and be like, oh, listen, white people shit, but the shoe fits. Yeah, like I, I feel like Aaron's gonna do a deep dive into it for <laughs> no, you. No, I'd like to know. To, I legitimately to like the, to know. The, the, the 101, the 101 also, class on gnomes. I feel like I want to start a segment of this podcast called Aaron White's White Nonsense. <laughs> a good I guess time. just Aaron's White Nonsense. Thank you. I, you know I was going to shorten it just for, just for, yeah, go ahead. The way you get 25 lawn gnomes mm-hmm. is one person gives you a lawn gnome mm-hmm. because you're moving into a real house and they think you have a shot at a legitimate adult life. Oh, okay. Then everybody around you says, Aaron loves lawn gnomes. And even though she's moved into that stabby apartment building, we should just keep giving them to her for when her life turns around. Right. Almost <laughs> like a beacon of hope. Yeah. I mean, this is very... I'm projecting a bit. Honestly. Are you sure they didn't use it at, with such a near in your little apartment to ward off people who would break into your house because they think, oh, a murderer must live here with all the garden gnomes <laughs> staring at them as they that break in? That could be a dual purpose thing, to be honest. That's true. If, if it's a I great just... security system. What's that? It'd be a great security system put them beside the mold of my own teeth <laughs> yeah that'd be perfect I think they call that a retainer but <laughs> I think they made the retainer from the mold <laughs> oh you asked them if you could keep the mold I did <laughs> that's next level that's, yeah no that's a real thing in our house <laughs> that's a real thing in my house <laughs> Yeah, gnomes are just one of those weird things. Like, I, I definitely also received one when uh, I was pretending to, to be a responsible adult who was able to make my own relationship decisions. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just a, it's kind of a thing. Okay. Have you given up on that, that concept? Of gnomes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've given up on almost every concept I can think of. But, yes, gnomes will include, will include in that. 
just living that sweet comedy hobo life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people like people put it on a pedestal, right? They think they think you're amazing. Like, oh wow, you're you have you have no um, social connections to other human beings, and you get to uh, tell jokes in a microphone, live in the dream. It was probably somebody's dream. Yes, some, <laughs> some addict. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope that I've made them proud, wherever my dad is. <laughs> Dana's father, if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and we all know he's not, so no need to... But I guess he shouldn't text you. Uh... No, I'm I'm not gonna hold my breath for that text. Let's just let's just give all the listeners her phone number and then hope that that somehow gets to her dad. (laughs) That would be the way to go, right? Okay, you guys are putting an awful lot of faith in uh, a your listeners. I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, B the fact that they're gonna reach out to my dad and then see that my dad is going to, to do anything with that number <laughs> oh no I think I think we were thinking our listeners would just contact you directly yeah that's pretty oh, much it okay Maybe yeah offer support yeah yeah, yeah yeah just go out for a drink if be, a, be if, a kind ear be a pal you know mm-hmm. if there's one thing I can trust the internet for it's creepy dudes using <laughs> phone numbers to call girls they don't know <laughs> you can bet that will happen yeah. for the love of everything holy yeah. you have a 100% success rate if I gave out my number today on this podcast people would just call me and just like say like it would just be guys prank calling me the whole time <laughs> my guess is it would be 90% Rob Lewin because I think that he's a he's a good portion of the listenership he's so dedicated and there's our shout out to Rob Lewin Rob for Lewin. this episode <laughs> sweet baby Rob except Rob Lewin's message would be like I heard you on the podcast and maybe you were having a hard day so I'd like to offer you this this hug and um, a beautiful rabbit that I found you and uh, I don't know what a scoop of ice yeah. cream maybe to which I would reply I do not accept your hug sir I'll take the rabbit now get out of my face oh harsh <laughs> I just don't like hugs that's my problem. okay Rob seems perfectly fine <laughs> you okay I feel like that's a sweeping statement you just don't like hugs that is correct you don't come from the hugging people, do you? No, not at all. I actually have a joke in my act about it. And I just, it's just, well, I don't know. I've met my, my mom was not a hugger. My dad was not a hugger. And uh, then the only time I got hugged in high school was when a white girl hugged one of my friends and then uh, had to hug everyone else there. And I was like, I don't want your fake ass hug. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't have a good history of hugs. And then dude's trying to hug you. And I'm like, you don't need to touch me, man. We're cool. A fist bump will do. Huh. learning a lot about you, Dave. Yeah. I softened on hugs because it was easier to hug people than have a full conversation about why I didn't want to hug people. Oh. That's 90% of the reason I accept hugs. Yeah. See, for me, a hug is like a replacement for saying like all of the emotional and feelings things that I can't. You know? It's like, oh, if this was the last time I saw you, then, you know, that would make me sad. Uh, let's just hug. Okay, bye. Oh, that's nice. Still yeah. no hugs for me. I still know. I'm still going to have to be a hard stop on that yeah, hug. I, I make exceptions. If we're, like, if we're good enough friends, Oh, I've definitely I, I no forced you to that. hug. I know yeah. that I have. No, and that's, that's why. I'm like, I, don't, I like you enough that that doesn't bother me that much. Also, you're not a dude, which helps. Uh, so... Yeah, but I don't know. It just it just seems unnecessary a lot of the time. Oh, shout out to the sea store. It's the sea store. Quick <laughs> shout out to Ty Wright and his lovely wife and the sea store. Yeah. Courtney is also a C. Uh. I mean, her name is Courtney. It also starts with a C. Sorry. That is. I explained that wrong. <laughs> thank you for putting that out there. I feel like that did need to be clarified. <laughs> Our friend Ty has this joke about the sea store and the C word. And I always hope that I can follow him in a show. It's never worked out, but um, 
a friend of mine in HR, like someone comes into his office one day and he's like, look, I've got a problem with Carol or something like her name's probably something like Carol. She just called me the C word. So he goes into Carol's office. He's like, Carol, what's up? Like, I heard you just, you know, you called, her name's probably Elaine or something. Elaine, the C word. He's like, look, you know what I had to, she was being such a cow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he was like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Elaine's never dealt with conflict in her life. Yeah. Really, or, she, Elaine's never been on the internet before. <laughs> yeah. Where a cow would be a relatively gentle. Oh, yeah. That, that would be like a, a sweet, a, a sweet bedtime lullaby. Who else is on the show tonight? Does anyone know? No idea. I legitimately don't know. There are two lot of spots. So some it's got a real grab bag. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Brett will come out, Brett Meeser, because every time I go he seems to be there. Nice. Uh, Jason was there last time. Jason Allen? Yep. Awesome. That Jason. I keep forgetting he's a Hamilton comic now. Like even Sunday I was like, oh the London guys are here. They, they don't live there, though. Nope, definitely don't. That's where he's from originally? Uh, Jason. Um, I th- I'm not sure, actually. I know Jason lived there for a very long time. It was like 10 years or something. But, okay. but just till six months ago or something. Yeah. And then there was kind of a migration to Hamilton, like a bunch of comics moved. Mm. Uh, it was just Shazma, um, uh, Jason, Ferguson, and uh, Doug. I think it was, that was the only guy. But to be fair, our scene is like 12 people, so that is a major chunk of the scene. Right. Does, um, does Doug live with those guys? Uh, no, he lives in a separate place up by uh, the Staircase Theater, I guess. Um, Dave uh, McInnes on his show on Sunday had this good, like in his intro, mm-hmm. he was like, you know your life's in bad shape when you walk into the, like he goes into like the, the house. Mm-hmm. And his roommate, I guess, was like, Doug's roommate is like, Hey, bad news, like the heat's not working. I'm so worried the mice will be cold. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I remember being 20 something. <laughs> Poor, but still so caring, so humane. <laughs> they need to get those mice some house tukes, am I right? Some house tukes, yeah. I remember once the mice got so bad because I forbid the use of live traps. Um, that I was, I think I was working on like a paper. I hadn't dropped out of school for the fifth time or whatever yet. <laughs> and I was eating a piece of cake at the kitchen table while I was typing. And I look up and there's a mouse like eating my cake oh, off my plate, oh, like literally God. right in front of me. <laughs> That's when I knew that my cats were obviously like loafers, like they've never done a day's work in their lives. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense knowing your cats. <laughs> Well, why, I mean, why would you work if you didn't have to? Like, they're exempt from capitalism. Well, they probably got spoiled by all the promises of the solid gold litter boxes. Improv- I talked a good game. It's never come through. They have a fountain now. They're not hurting for anything. Except they don't use the fountain at all. Do they not? Well, they do. They have no other source of water. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> You've just never seen it. Just yeah, every time I'm there, they're never near the fountain at all. I avoid the fountain too. It makes me have to pee. That makes <laughs> just the sense. sound of that running water. Yeah. I stay away from it. It's why I can't sleep in hotels because I don't hear like the noise of the fountain. <laughs> that would be amazing if on your business trips you have to bring the fountain or you <laughs> buy a second one for travel. I just bought an aromatherapy. A diffuser for my car, so I'm not far far from that now. <laughs> it plugs into my USB port. I thought you'd be proud of me. I yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like that's an important Dana Aaron topic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where did you where did you get it from? What are the deets? I got it from Well.ca. Okay. And yeah, it fits in a cup holder. Like it's made for road assholes, uh, basically. <laughs> so you plug it into your USB port, mm-hmm. and it you know disperses a fine mist. Huh. Yeah. Dana, I accused Dana of being a bad influence on me once for uh, encouraging me to purchase aromatherapy products. Well, you chose a particularly sketchy uh, 
type of aromatherapy product. Did I? The other one for the car. Oh, the first one I had for the car looked like a crack pipe, I think. What? And, and like it would, would True. it not like steam and smoke? Just like the... Yeah, yeah. When you plugged it into the 12 volt uh, battery thing, it would steam. <laughs> and so I lived in terror of getting pulled over in my car and trying to explain that it was an aromatherapy diffuser, comma, officer. (laughs) (laughs) Comma, officer. (laughs) And how long, like, what they would, what kind of garbage and, like, dirty clothes they would find if they searched my car. I spent a lot of time in the car. After, like, the fourth vibrator, they're like, you can just go. Yeah, ma'am, just please. We we don't want to have to list all this in in the intake at the at the shop. You can just head head home. Does anybody know what jokes they're telling tonight? Uh, I do. They're bad. Your jokes are bad? Uh, These ones feel particularly bad. Let's see how it goes. Are they new? Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm always trying to play with like semi-new stuff. Um, Yeah, a, a, a little new. A few of them. What about you guys? Uh, I have an idea. I'm, some of the stuff is new. Well, most of it's going to be new because I, I did this room last week. Right. So I figure I should try other stuff. Looking for something fresh? Yep. You had a great set on uh, Sunday at uh, Dave McInnes' show at the Jimmy Jazz. Ms. Aaron. Jimmy well, Jazz. Thank you. I'll probably do uh, exactly that. Great. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> well, I'm not good at working a set. Like, I get bored too fast of things. So, I've done the same set twice to see if I can do it a third time. Really pushing your limits there. I'm really pushing my limits. And I'll, it's, um, I would say, about 90% new jokes, too. So, they, they could just use some work. So, I'll probably do that. Although, I never know about a room. Like, my. Well, I guess nobody's jokes work everywhere, but some of them are like, they will love this or hate this. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we're about to find out. That's the best, though. I kind of like it when people are like, in a, like your jokes either go over really well or they don't go over at all. Just like... What do you mean you like that? Because, like, if they do Both go over, things? it's amazing. Uh-huh. And then when they don't go over, you're like, how can I tweak this to make this work? Sometimes, because if they work really, really well somewhere, then they sh- you should be able to get them to work really really well other places as well right hmm. do you think there are some some styles or some topics though that are just never going to work or in certain places or only certain kinds of rooms are going to be successful uh i don't know i think it's uh how well you like delve into the idea because like lots of comics talk about things you wouldn't really like you wouldn't expect to hear or like things that wouldn't come up at the dinner table let's say but then uh, they'll have old people at their show at Yucks, and they'll be dying super hard, even though it's something they probably wouldn't even talk about or would like to even hear about. That's a good point. That's a good point. Just makes you a better comic, right? Yeah. I think you're also, you're pretty insensitive to, like, you'll take a chance, and if it doesn't go, it doesn't go. Uh, yeah, I guess. You're pretty insensitive <laughs> to that specific <laughs> circumstance. And hating hugs. Yeah. So <laughs> you have no soul. Generally, as a human, yeah. you're just dead inside. No. <laughs> just what makes you a good comic, right? Yeah. Lacking Hardly. a soul. <laughs> but yeah, do you, do you tailor your jokes to every like crowd that you think you're going to see? Generally? Like, I think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a bad idea either. I'll kind of think about in general what I expect from uh, yeah, a, a crowd or like what what kind of like age range I'm looking at and yeah. and I, I'm not gonna say I'll tailor it but if I if I know there's something you know that to me particularly would be risky I'll probably not do that mm, no fair enough yeah same here like there are some jokes um that are touchier, so it's like maybe I'll do them in a room where I'm pretty sure it's a safe bet. Yeah. Um, but then too, I make I make wrong assumptions about people, or it's like it's um, not necessarily true that I'm just trying to think of a joke I avoid. Yeah, 
I just think for me, at least back before, I would uh, try to tailor it generally to every crowd that I was going to see, or at least in my mind I would. Okay. And uh, But then I found that that didn't work as well as the times where I was like, eh, you know what, fuck it and fuck them. I'm going to do, do what I want, that I like the stuff that I'm excited about. And usually that sort of plays better, I thought. Or at least it has recently. All right, so at this point, I guess we can probably wrap this up. So uh, let's go do whatever we want. And uh, we're in Hamilton. <laughs> we'll be back with the second half. I feel like that seat is squeaky, and I don't know why. Are you hearing it? Like, my seat is squeaky? Some seat is squeaky when we hit a bump. There it is. Oh, oh good. That might be picking up. So that's just a little uh, a little car talk. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome back to Car Club DM. Uh, well, we try to figure out who has the squeaky seat. Erin does. I do. Predictably, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so we just finished our show at the Lion's Head. With Dan Brennan. With Dan Brennan. He's only 42, you guys. Holy shit. When he said that, <laughs> I just... I wanted to look at both of you, but not look at both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Dana was punching me in the back. Like, I was. He's 42. He's 42. <laughs> I know. I wasn't saying that because I was laughing so hard. I don't think I could say anything. Aw, poor guy. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. That's that's the thing, right? Like, you, you people people squeeze a lot of life in in a few years, right? Yeah. Like, he's got he's got young kids too, right? Like, I I can't imagine how exhausting I would be. Yeah. So maybe that makes sense actually given the age of his kids, right? Like I never put it in context really. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if he's a little older, young kids, the guy just wants to sleep. I get it. <laughs> I can barely last a day without napping. Oh, if I'd have to, if I had to give up nap time, that'd be the worst. I don't know what I would do if I had to try to sleep just eight hours at a time. I was really anti-nap for a while. Were you? Yeah, like, I, I don't think I had the right idea with it. Like, now I realize, like, anything, you know, more than an hour in, I'm just going to wake up and be a crazy zombie and not know what month it is anymore. So I've learned, like, I'll always set an alarm for, like, an hour out, mm-hmm. assuming, like, oh, it'll take me, like, 15 minutes to fall asleep, then I get a solid 45 in, like... Yeah. I've got a system now. And before it was just pandemonium. It was chaos. Chaos. It was nap chaos. Yeah. I I like the chaos. I live in the chaos of napping. I feel like that's my really like my style of nap. You're okay to like to even nap late in the late late afternoon and wake up at like a seven o'clock. If I can squeeze that in, yeah. I don't get a lot of sleep though. To be fair, like I've just I've had insomnia for a very long time. Oh. So you kind of count on it then? Yeah. So it's like anytime I can get it, I'm like, it feels like I'm sneaking it in. Well, apparently though, like your REM sleep moves in 90 minute cycles. Yeah. So the key is to like try to time it around that. But that's you never a- know how long it's going to take you to fall asleep, right? Like that's always the, the factor for me that I can't control. Oh, how long? Yeah. Because you can say like, oh, I can divide this amount of time up in 90 minute chunks. But if it takes you like 20 minutes to fall asleep versus, you know, your normal five, then that's going to mess up all your math. That's true. The best way I find, like, I'll sometimes I'll turn on my meditation app. I just want to tell people that I meditate. Yeah, you're a great person. No, I'm, the, I'm human garbage, <laughs> but I pay for the app, so I want you to know. But so uh, it's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this for 20 minutes and then I'll feel refreshed. And of course I will, because I'll pass out for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I tried that earlier today. It's great. Yeah, I, uh, like, that's my kind of yoga, too. Like, my yoga is somebody talking to me with a soothing voice while I fall asleep on the ground. Like, that. <laughs> great like, I can get behind that workout. Great choice. You have to do sure. literally no work to, get, yeah. to say I went to yoga. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't even end up being like calm or zen because of it because it's just really fucked up my sleep that night and then I'm a mess the next day it's exciting I'm sort of in the no sleep camp where I'm like I kind of live like a house cat where it's like sleep when you can't eat when you can 
like pee when you can. Like you just kind of adjust your expectations about normal human life after a while. I feel like that's like the <laughs> new mom camp too, right? Don't they say that? Like, oh, just like sleep, sleep when your baby sleep. Like, do you do? Do you see your cat snapping and think I should really get some rest? <laughs> oh God, I feel so sleepy. <laughs> I'm just gonna look to them for cues. Like I'm gonna clean when the cat's clean. <laughs> pay my bills when they are settling their accounts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is going to work out for old Aaron White. I know it. Well, those those cats seem seem mature, right? They seem like good... Uh, they seem successful. Yeah. I mean, for alley cats, look how far they've come. Alley cats. Alley cats. Cute. Anybody got shows coming up? Uh, I'm at Emerson next week. I'll also be doing the Lion's Head. Dan's going to want me to do five minutes before, so I get to do two sets in a night, which is always cool. Hey, nice. Do you get, like, a pin if you do it, like, four weeks in a row? Or what's the... <laughs> yeah. Like, what's As, the bonus? I'll take the free beer. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is your hat trick. He owes you a hat. Ooh. Oh, I guess that's fair. You should insist that he gives you a hat and see what happens. I feel like I could bully Dan into giving me a hat if <laughs> I really needed to. Um, I like, I rarely do two sets in a night, but my second one is always better. Yeah, no, I feel like it, well, because you get to, like, you, it, the things you were like, oh, man, I wish I fixed this, you just get to go immediately do after, which is great. I think it gets the adrenaline out of my system, too, where I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, like, I've done the part where I worry about the set, so now I can enjoy the second set. Relax yeah. into it a bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're like, oh, wait, that wasn't a disaster. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I that's a cute little room. Like I, yeah. I love how quaint it is, but it's not like upsettingly small. You know, there's a, a good amount yeah. of space there, and yeah. yeah, I thought it was great. I thought so too. A good amount of people out. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a new room too, so there's always that challenge of getting established. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I feel like in Hamilton you have the benefit of just having people drop in, right? Like there's so many local Hamilton comics. Like, I know that a few people just came out, you know, and, and Dan was happy to have them on and make make room for them. So yeah. I what? always think that's kind of a, a cool vibe, right? That you, you can show up and have an idea of who's on the on the lineup, but you're, you never really know who you're going to see. I think that's a cool element of it. Yeah. Good for him. Anyone who just kind of puts it, puts themselves out there and yeah. like, I think it's, I think it's great. I'm always impressed by that. Well, and Good job, creepy Uncle Dan. <laughs> we don't all have to call him that, do we? Oh, no, you don't have to, but you'll be missing out. <laughs> is creepy Uncle Dan Dan Peters, though? Yeah, it is. Oh, That's is his it? nickname, yeah. Oh, I've never met Dan Peters. I don't want to step Peters. on your toes there. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, that was not intentional. Yeah. Well, maybe he can, no, maybe he can displace now. him <laughs> as the creepier <laughs> Uncle yeah, Dan. I didn't realize there was a creepy Dan yeah. battle happening. Well, and the other creepy Dan has, I actually don't even know that he's creepy, but he has what I might say is a generous handlebar mustache that just, uh, I just think creepy things about, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. He's, I I like him because he's just like a funny, angry guy. (laughs) I don't know why, but... I just love that about him. He's the nicest dude, though. Yeah, that's I've heard the he's thing. very nice. That's yeah. the thing. You can't... I, I don't think you can be super successful and get up there and just be, like, really angry. Like, there has to be something inherently kind of likable underneath, right? In order to make that person approachable or have an audience kind of get on their side, right? You can't just be spouting angry things. I don't know. I've, Donald I've Trump tried just it. won. But his stuff isn't, no, but it's like a lot of cheerleading too, right? Like it's not, it's not that angry, Trump stuff. Really? Well, no, because I think a lot of it is boosterism too, right? Yeah, I feel like it's passionate, but not hate-filled. Like the the, the dog whistle message that he's sending like to his people is like they don't perceive as hate-filled, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But you don't think having that dog whistle message as you said is inherently hateful though well it is inherently Mm. hateful but that's what 
like dog whistle politics are about like the people the message is intended for hear it mm. and other people can miss it right and then of course with Trump I mean some of it's so over the top people take it uh, for what it is but I do think a lot of it's very it's optimistic in a way right like we're going to save your jobs we're going to keep these dangerous people out like all that kind of nonsense yeah. I think some people don't see as hateful as see as positive which is what makes me afraid for what's going to happen there well, yeah, like the rise in, uh, in, in uh, like, hate-based attacks has gone up. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Uh, and even here they went up uh, right after his election as yeah. well. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is there's a difference between, like, I, I maybe I'm speaking more about the tone. Yeah, yeah and like, in no, comedy, yeah, I yeah, agree. Comedy like, if you just like, come off, like, angry and raging and yelling, yeah. I don't know how relatable or approachable or entertaining, if this is fundamentally entertainment. Right. Like, you're not hitting that mark, right? Yeah, I've just never seen someone do it. Like, I I, I love someone who can get up there and be confident and energetic and, and impassioned, mm. but who also has this undercurrent of likability. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, you can see some, and we know some comics like this who are just inherently likable. Like, from the second they get up there, it's like you want to be on their side, right? If their presence is likable and they, they work for that. Which lets who, you... Who is likable? I think Ty Wright is inherently likable oh, on yeah. stage. Like, right away, I think... I think Tom O'Donnell, too. I think when he gets up there, people want to like him. Clifford. Clifford, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah, Cliff yeah. Myers, like, people... And so it's nice when you are inherently likable and not threatening. You can do, you can push boundaries a little bit and people will still listen. Mm -hmm. But if you were, like you said, if you were just raging, I think that would turn people off. Yeah. It's hard to find the humor in everything that's just got that negative connotation to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what is the funny part? Mm -hmm. So how do you guys feel about your sets? I felt like it was a room that was slow to warm up, and I felt lucky that I was later in the lineup. Yeah, I wouldn't have, I was third up, I wouldn't have felt super comfortable being first on when normally I'm, I'm usually okay with that, but, um, yeah, it felt a, a little chilly at first. I felt my, like my, uh, my last joke, I was just starting to crack them a little bit, so I, I felt good about that, that I kind of felt like I broke through. Yeah. Uh, that's the tough part when there's like there was there were a lot of comics there right it's hard to it's hard to know kind of who my audience is I, I do I do like the idea of making the other comics laugh so I feel like it's hard earned like if I can make the other comics laugh then I really did something good especially if they're folks who've heard my material a bunch yeah. of times or whatever like if I can get a laugh out of that you, I did something you good you told a new joke or a new tag oh the one about being up on the altar oh yeah because I I've forgot I've never heard that one before because that's a new joke and I completely forgot that part when I did it on Sunday that was funny um, I laughed a lot but then the tag I forgot tonight which usually get a, gets a lot of laughs because I don't do a lot of joke about hating men because I don't um, but the tag on that joke about trying to have more sympathy for men is just take this for what it's worth. Some of my best friends are men. And that usually gets a good laugh. Right. So I was like, that was the one I forgot. I always forget something. Like, I'd never... You never hit all of them? Maybe because I change it up too much, but I just... I never just, like, plan out the set and it just gets delivered the way I planned it. Well, if it's just a 10-second add-on, I don't... You know, what's the negative? No one, no one notices, right? Well, and the thing is, I think I, that I have to remember is nobody knows how it's supposed to go except me. Like, they assume that it's delivered perfectly as I intended it. Yeah. Um, so only I am, after the show, beating myself up for forgetting the joke that went with the other joke, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. What about you, King Boss? What do you think? Uh, I, I liked my set tonight. Yeah? Yeah. I, you know what? I, it's weird. Going into it, I felt a little tense. Like, and I always kind of do before my sets. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was kind of a good tense. So when I got up there, I ju it just felt like I got to uh, get rid of that. Right. And like in a way, I felt and I felt very comfortable up there. Good. Yeah. You look comfortable up there. Like I looked, um, like confident, right? Nice. 
Oh uh, yeah, there was a dude with a really weird face to my right, so I didn't want to look that way. He just had one of those weird haircuts, and like he had a face that looked like he was scrounging his face. <laughs> like skeptically? Yeah, almost. Like the whole time, like he couldn't see, and his I don't know what to say with his mouth, but he's weird. My new trick is I look for the person who thinks I can do no wrong. Like there's always yeah. one person who loves it, and yeah. I just go back to them every time I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm always, like, they think I'm a genius. That someone has the awareness to be able to do that. Like I'm not. I'm just not paying attention in that way. I think it's probably something that I should be working on, like be, being more connected to people's individual reactions, maybe. Well, I actually, I, um, I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast today, and he had Whitney, Whitney Cummings back on, and she was saying your first few years of stand-up, like whatever you think about your material, it's not about that. It's just learning how to be in front of people and connect to people. Because for me, that was the hardest part. And two and a half years in, it's still the hardest part. Yeah. Like, I still just blank and I'm just like, just spit the words out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't always pay attention. I have to be, like, relaxed to a certain degree. Yeah. But that's the hardest thing for me to learn. That was the first time I feel like I've really had, like, any significant, and it wasn't even significant, but back and forth with the audience. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a it's bit good. about stabbing or like classic, classic Hamilton jokes. Um, yeah, and I think, I think I'm kind of in, impeded. I, I, I sometimes have difficulty like hearing people. So like yeah. I, I'll know that someone said something. I'll maybe catch a word or two, mm. but find it intimidating to respond to that if I didn't fully hear what they said, right? Yeah. I'm the same as you. I can never hear them. And so sometimes, if other people are laughing enough, I'll ask them to repeat it. Right. Uh, but I'm I'm scared of crowd work and sometimes scared of the crowd. So sometimes yeah. I just let that pass and move right along. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. But uh, um, I get too mean. I always want to say mean shit to people, which yeah. is always terrible. Uh, I try. I, th- I always think the best people who do that, uh, like even if if it's a heckler, usually I like to be mean to hecklers. But uh, usually I always feel like the people who can, like, have a heckler who's actually being rude about the show and is, like, somewhat trying to break up the show, but, like, they can handle that smoothly, make the crowd laugh, and even bring that guy in. Mm-hmm. I always feel like that's, like, the that's the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, like, ending it with everybody on yeah. your side, including the heckler. So right now I still feel, I feel relatively comfortable on stage, and I used to talk to the crowd more. But I'm like, I want to be that comfortable and be able to, like, have that approach. Because, like, I can be mean to someone and that can be funny, too. But at the same time, it's like, I, that's that should only be for, like, in those situations. And then when there are people who just, like, sort of naturally, like, they're, uh, like, the way they look or something they say. Or maybe they even, like, laugh in a weird way. You can, like, play with them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and have a good time. And the crowd gets it, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because the nicest ones are the ones where it sort of deflects it because you want to stop the behavior. Yeah. Usually if it's derailing your set of what you're trying to do. Yeah. But in a way that's not kind of alienating. Yeah. I have barked back a couple of times when people yeah. have just kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Which takes a lot. Uh, yeah. But I'm not good at that stuff. Like, I often just let it wash over instead of engaging, which could be funnier. Yeah. There was a guy at the back of the bar who was, like, he was wearing a peach sweater and a scarf. And uh, he was, like, being really rude during the show. Like, he was talking to his person really loudly. He was making fun of comics and stuff. Yeah. And that's why when Jason got on stage, and he was like, oh, I was wondering where that guy went. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I felt the exact same way. Because especially when a guy's, like, ruining a show. But it is it is a bar, right? So it's always, like, they're not necessarily there for comedy either. Yeah. I have had people... I find the worst are people who are... Uh, they've had so much to drink that there's not there's no reasonable engagement oh yeah or it's like okay you're just you're just super super drunk so yeah. I just need to get around you like yeah, there's yeah. no way, way to rationalize yeah. and or and do all that person can't you kind of can't you kind of play bouncer with that guy though too like you just because it's pretty easy to make fun of a drunk person but I feel like also it's like all I want is for you to stop yelling at me yeah. so it's like let's uh, let's work this out some way or yeah, no, just that, settle settle down and that's what I mean with, uh, with like with that uh, like the whole um, trying to bring them on your side thing yeah I think it's the same sort of thing you, even that drunk person who's like too drunk if you could obviously there are some cases where you obviously can't because they're too drunk 
Yeah. And then sometimes it's like someone else will intervene if they're really that far gone. Yeah, but usually. I had one, the funniest heckler I ever had. She just wouldn't, she just wouldn't stop engaging with me. Like, it was kind of funny where at some point I remember being like, you know what, it looks like we have a lot in common. We're going to be best friends after the show. Uh, which was the only thing that got her to stop. And then after, she's like, well, your style's just very conversational. And I really felt like I should participate. And I was like, I am sending the wrong messages, maybe. Because what I don't want, like, I'm not a crowd work comic. What I don't want is for you to participate. That. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't respond to it. Like, I'm not fast on my feet. I'm not good like that. Yeah. Um, it was, and it was at my show, Resting Nice Face. <laughs> well, then... You had that coming, I feel like, right. really. I like, did. you should have known really that. Did. Who would have told you to name it that? Like, really I think you were one of the people I who was. told me to name I it voted, that. I voted yeah. for that one. The alternate title was, Tell Me I'm Good. <laughs> Both were great. <laughs> Maybe for my third unwanted, unwarranted solo show. Mm-hmm. It's coming. <laughs> I'll be there. You will. <laughs> Just like last time. I'll drive to it and go out to dinner and have pizza and I'll miss your show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you guys came up at, we did the 5K. Yeah. Me, yeah. And Courtney. Yeah. And that was to go to that show, wasn't it? it that's was. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They definitely didn't make it, right? No, they we definitely didn't, didn't make it. We weren't that far off. We were. But it was because it wasn't comedy rules; it was theater rules. Yeah. So yeah. Like we don't seat people late. Different. Yeah. World. No, so they're like the, when the doors are sealed, the doors are yeah. sealed. Which is the weird thing, because I feel like in comedy, people just wander in and out as they please, right? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah. It's a well, yeah. They're very free for all. Yeah, it's, it's a soft... Even the starting time is like a soft start. It's like they're saying it's starting at 8.30. It might start at 9. It might start at 10. Like, it yeah. <laughs> depends on the show. I feel like music is that way too, right? Yeah, yeah like definitely. you wait till it fills up. And I'm too old for that shit. Me too. Like, like I start only, my shows on time. The only reason I, I play with it in comedy is because you have to, right? Like, you, unless you're the one making all the shows, you just have to live by those rules. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, like for a concert to start at like 11.15, good night. <laughs> well, I remember once being furious where I got to a show, it was like 8.30 start, and they were like, okay, so um, uh, some people have been held up, so we're going to start at 10. And so I was like, okay, so, and then we're going to do the show, and then it's an hour drive home, and I work at 8 a.m. <laughs> this is not... Not cool. Yeah, like even on a weekend, like I have a four-hour leisurely brunch that I need to squeeze into my schedule tomorrow, guys. <laughs> like, I've really been a brunch slouch lately. I gotta get my my shit back together on that front. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. For my slouchy brunch behavior. You've got things. You've got things. We'll have a re. We'll have a reunion brunch reunion. That'll be nice. Some days a lady needs to drink three Caesars before one o'clock. It's true. Right off the day before it begins. I feel like all my days are written out before they begin. No. You get more done before 10 a.m. than I do by 5, maybe. But my Christmas tree's still up, so I mean, who's winning? I started, I took one ornament off of it today. That's as far as I got. I didn't even. Your tree was so lovely, though. It'd be hard to put it down. It, I don't like, um, like, even just after Christmas Day, like, I don't love when it's bare underneath. Okay. So sometimes I'll just, like, open presents, and then before I use them, I'll put them back under the tree open, Aww. even, like, to, because otherwise it's just, like, there's that tree with nothing under it, sitting there, looking weird. I grew up in a house where the animals would open presents if we left them on the ground. So you would have the tree, and then we would move the kitchen table beside the tree, and that's where the presents would be on the table. Because <laughs> otherwise, the cat slash dog slash various other homeless animals would uh, claw them open. What about your cats? Did they open any gifts? I don't know, because now, like, it's still in my head that gifts don't go under the tree. <laughs> so, maybe one, maybe one year we'll give them a chance. Did you buy your cats gifts this year? 
Um, I did, and other people did. <laughs> I'm gonna. Can I guess who? You can. Did Susie buy your cat's gift? She didn't, but she <gasps> did give me a birthday gift that was hand towels with cats on them. Right. Very important. Very important. Um, so, uh, so Amber, uh, my housemate, uh, she got them uh, some lovely gifts, and then my brother also gave them gifts. Aww. So yes, they were well loved this year. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Have I seen you since? I don't think you have. I don't think I have either. Um, yeah, I worked my birthday, which was made it much less birthday-like. Hours ago, let's go to Ottawa. Um, Justin Trudeau was wearing a shirt. I'm really sorry about that. I was like, I'm not into the Trudeau thing. I don't. It's probably his politics. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sure he does have. A, objectively, his haircut is great. I just can't get behind it. I just don't care. It's funny because it was like uh, when I wrote that joke, I was like, it's a better Putin joke. Like, no politician is more shirtless than Putin. But right. then I'm like, is that funny to people? Of course it is. Maybe. I guess now he controls the United States, so it must be. I'll try it next time. Yeah. Workshop it. Just workshop it, you know, take that to some open mics. Well, comedy church. Yeah, which is, I woke up in a cold sweat this week where I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be a comedy judge. Oh, on Sunday? Yeah. It's this week, though. It's fine. What's funnier is that I woke up in a cold sweat from my nap on a go train. So, it's just like, there's no turning back. Where were you taking a go train? Uh, I went to a Raptors game with a friend of mine. Oh, fun. It was fun. I felt badly because neither of us really know anything about basketball, but we were gifted these really nice box seats. Mm. So we were both like, kind of like, oh, we're kind of dicks for taking these tickets, but you know what? Let's make the best of it. Yeah, I know. The experience. So it was great. It was fun. And did the Raptors win? They did. Excellent. I guess as a sport, what's fun about it is there's so much showmanship. Where at the beginning, it was like, you're literally setting off fireworks inside. Like it's a really? lot of really yeah, like it's a lot about the theater and the drama of it. So it made it it makes it kind of fun in that way. I'm like this is the beginning of the game. Nobody's even touched the ball yet. <laughs> the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, which is my favorite part about almost everything. So. <laughs> Pretty good. I go again. Awesome. Yeah, I've never been to a Raptors game. I think this was the second one I've been to, so it was, uh, it was good. I don't think I've ever been to a Leafs game either. I feel like none of us can afford a Leafs game. They're, yeah. They're the richest team in hockey, and I, I know nothing about hockey but this, that they for some reason can't win the Stanley Cup. They cannot, because like, they're terrible. How, how are well, you the Yankees, the richest though? Team, like, why do they need to, I guess? I guess? Yeah, that's the problem. People are buying tickets like at a ridiculous price no matter what so it's like what's the point of bringing in people who would have to break like the budget for or whatever but I guess they do have budget caps I think the caps are more restrictive in hockey oh like salary caps yeah I think they are too but I think they're like a generous yeah is there a comedian like that that you guys can think of where like the ticket prices just do not justify what's happening now I think I think comedians are usually a little better about their ticket prices but I don't know depends on the comic I think it was it was a decent amount for Martin Lawrence tickets. For like, who, sorry? Martin Lawrence. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Hannibal Burris have a joke about that? I don't know. It's He um, he wants to go to another comic show, but they're $90 tickets. Oh, so yeah. he says he's a promoter. And so when they're like, oh, okay, sir, like, and who do you promote? Like, he chokes and he's like, Donald Glover. <laughs> And it worked though, didn't it? Yeah, like they gave him the tickets. tickets. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts? Uh, I love Hamilton. I always like doing comedy in Hamilton. 
I do too. I really have a soft spot for Hamilton comedy. Yeah, it's a fun town. Yeah, there's a lot of talent there. There really is. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, this has been our uh, fun field trip to Hamilton. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Carpatia. Hey everyone, Morelli here to awkwardly remind you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at carpod underscore diem. Like us on Facebook or visit us at www.carpoddm.ca to see our upcoming shows. This episode of Carpod Diem was sponsored by the podcast Our Friends Electric, a history of new wave. Listen to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Carpod Diem.